Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football and position group edge rushers. Um, all the edge rushers in our system on the 90-man roster. And it's a fun group. Uh, it's pretty solid at the top. We've got some good depth, although albeit young. And uh, should be a fun conversation, Keith. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it should be um it should be a good group. This is one of the strengths of the defense. Um in my opinion, both in terms of talent and depth. So, nice. Um, nice. Lot to talk about here. Yeah. Yeah, I am <clears throat> I'm just slightly surprised I heard that uh, come out of your mouth. Um but I'm but I'm pleased because I think for me this is an exciting group. Um again, I really like it at the top um with Uchenna Nwasu and Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor's on the last year of his deal. He kind of started off slow last year, came on really strong. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nuchana was probably the most reliable defender on the entire defense last year, I thought, as far as being mo- the most consistent, at least up in the box, close to the In the front seven, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's, it's, it's solid in that respect. You know, I think the, that you can fault the defense for a lot of different things um, this season. Yeah, or last season. <clears throat> and these guys kind of get lumped into that a little bit. And really though, um, this wasn't this wasn't the, the main issue. I mean, I think we finished as a team last year, seventh overall in the NFL in sacks. Uh the pressure rate was good. 
um, all that stuff. Um, anyway, let's, let's talk about these guys. Uh, Daryl Taylor. I'll start with Daryl Taylor only because he's the guy with the most uh, seniority in this group. Um, breakout. That's hard to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of had a breakout season last year, I thought. Um, and we expected him to going into the season. We thought, well, this is going to be Daryl Taylor's year. And then he mm-hmm. really started slow. I can't, we kind of forgot about him. He kind of came on the last five or six games and really uh, pumped up his stats. And I don't know if that's just a stat thing or if he, he really did play well or what changed for him. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit. So ended up with nine and a half sacks tied for the league, uh, the team lead in sacks. Um, but that doesn't really tell the complete tale of what he brings. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a bigger guy for the position um, at 267 pounds, uh, six four. So he's a guy that uh, that is built as a four uh, three defensive end who can um, set an edge, stand up to you know to that, and but also has the explosiveness to get around the corner and get to the quarterback. And it, in a four three, he looks like he'd be an elite defensive end. In a three four, he's kind of um, a guy without a position, he's not big enough to be a defensive end. He might be too big to be an outside linebacker, and they wanted him to be that outside linebacker. Um, but that was new to him because there's a lot of responsibilities as an outside linebacker in terms of reading the play and doing the right thing, whether it's rush the passer or drop back into coverage or move up and set an edge. Um, and I think he got overwhelmed by the responsibilities, um, which so many of them were just new. And so there was a point in the middle of the season where the coaches went to him and was like, let's fix this. And so they took him into the um, the film room and showed him his own tape from a year ago when he would, uh, when, or from the year before when he was, when he was really good. And they're like, you need to get back to this. And he did. He went back to doing what he did best, which is explode up the field, get around the edge, like, and they tried to use him as more of a situational pass rusher, not asking him to do all those other things. Like they they brought him in to just get after the quarterback. And when they did that, great things happened. Nine and a half sacks, almost all coming down the stretch. Um, where it get where it got muddy, and I'll just mention another player, Boya Mafe. Where it got muddy for him early in the season was Boya Mafe was the best edge setter on the team. I mean, not d- discounting Nuasu a little bit there, but Moffe came in and really outplayed Daryl Taylor right from the get-go as far as defending the run. And so eventually the team kind of felt that Daryl Taylor just wasn't, wasn't holding up at the edge. And, um, Mm -hmm. and he's just not, he's not that player. Yeah. That's, that's not who he is. I mean, he could do that, but it's easier to do that when you are um, a defensive end. So you're lined up. And so you, you get up off, off the field and then you recognize what, you know, if it fits a running play, you can kind of tell the blocking is a little different and you, st- you stop getting up field and you, you make sure that you set that edge. Um, as a, as an outside linebacker, you have to re- there, the read and react of, of what's going on. Um, whether you are, your responsibilities are to get up the field, whether they are to set an edge or whether they are to, you know, um, come across the the line and make a tackle and fill a cutback lane. Like there's just a lot more and it's just not anything he's done because he's always been a defensive lineman. And so I think it was, it was a case where it was just overwhelming. And um, when they got him back to putting him in a position where he does what he does well, that's when 
uh, good things happen for him. So question for you. So Nuasu is on the other side. We can talk about mm -hmm. Nuasu and her in a second. Daryl Taylor's on the other side. Now you've got <clears throat> a, a real nice trio of defensive ends and tackles in, in the middle. Cameron Young in the, in the middle. You've got um, Jerron Reed on one side. Dre Jones on the other side. It seems to me that Daryl Taylor is actually primed to have a career season. If he comes into camp and his mind's set and, and they use him the way that they used him in the last five or six games of the season, um, because he's got better talent around him mm -hmm. and he could be a beast in this, in this defense. He could be. And, and that is it there's, you know, that could be, um, but we do kind of expect, and we do kind of, you know, um, the question is, is does the team ask him to con to make another step forward on his ability to do all the outside linebacker things, or do they just want him to focus on what he does and that's get up the field and, and rush the passer and um, use him as a situational pass rusher? If and that's we'll see. the case, do they think that they start Boye Mafe opposite of Nuasi? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Interesting. Um, and Boye so Mafe is paused too, or, or, you know, primed to, yeah. to have another step up, step forward from last year. But I could see, um, you know, the the three of them, Mafe, Nuasu, and Taylor, um, you know, all getting a lot of snaps. And um, you, you know, he used Taylor in the right role at the right time. He maybe isn't a starter because, you know, you want your some your guy who's better against the run in there on, on first down. Um, but he's going to get his as far as snaps go. And he's going to get his as far as stats go, too um because he's a beast um and it, so he's like he's the equivalent of being the fifth or the sixth man on an nba roster yeah and the, the thing and, is and maybe a guy that you have on the on the court at the end of games to, to finish yeah and so uh, that, that, that that's, that's a great i mean especially um at the end of games because if the defense is on the field at the end of games um hopefully that means you've got a lead and the other team is trying to get down and score and that's when you want your pass rusher that's when you want a beast like daryl taylor in there um and for all intents and purposes like he should be on that um at the same time i don't want to count him out as a guy that can develop into a, a three down player though um the athleticism is there despite the fact that he's a bigger guy and i think he could do it but it's not who it's not who he is in terms of um his ability to um, read and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't mean he can't develop into it. Yeah, athletic, athletically, the, the skills are there. Um, and so I do expect them to ask him to do those things in camp while also in his head reminding him of, of who he is and what he does best so that way he doesn't lose that like he did at the beginning of last year. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, Uchenna Nuwasu, a uh, guy came in last year in free agency. Um, and really had a great impact right from the get-go. Solid mm -hmm. uh, performer, not spectacular, solid, both defending the run and getting upfield and disrupting the pocket, uh, getting to the quarterback. His, his pass rush uh, win rate was, was great. His quarterback hits and hurries was, was up there as well as nine and a half sacks. Um, they felt really good about him. He was a potential candidate that we thought if they needed gap uh, space and money that they would extend him. Uh, that hasn't done, uh, that hasn't happened yet. Um, he's a bargain for what he does uh, with this defense. 
that's part of the reason why they haven't done it yet is because he's a bargain. Um, and so it, and if you, yes, they could generate cap space this year, but they would have to pay him more mm-hmm. overall. It's just all about bonus and, and pushing, you know, stuff down. And I don't think they wanted to do that because he is a bargain and they, they'd love to keep him on that bargain contract for a year. Um, so both Nuasu and Taylor are in their contract years. True. Yeah. That'll be interesting next year for sure. So, um, Nuasu, I think you undersold him. You said he's unspectacular. Uh, he was the best front seven defender on on Seattle's roster last year. I just mean uh, as a, as a league average goes, he's not a Pro Bowl level guy, but he's solid. Yeah, but he did that with so little around him. That's true. Everything you were saying about about Taylor having like a monster year because he's actually got more talent around him um, on the defensive line and, and that kind of stuff. It applies here. Um, and I think he, you're going to see his numbers take a jump. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, I really like that. I, I like what you said about Boya Mafe too, because I really didn't consider that before, uh, you said that as far as a guy that potentially could be the starter, um, because he sets the edge so well, uh, defending the run and, and still does all the other things really well as well you know this in fact he set the run so well last year that that's what they used him for more or less Mm -hmm. they didn't have him get up field and get to the quarterback and so forth he's got that potential in him he was very good at that in college had a great senior bowl uh kind of overdrafted him slightly i think based on potential Mm -hmm. and uh even you know pete carroll and and clint hurt last year kind of came into the season and uh tamp down expectations for him as not maybe not being ready yet um for the nfl as far as defending the run and, and having an all-around game came in surprised them a little bit with that this year i think he's ready to take that step yeah and and that, this is a nice problem to have where you've got two positions and three guys right so they'll there will be some rotation um and out of the three of them um you know, I mean, Boye Mafe had a lot of learning to do last year, and he did a good job of learning. And now he's he, he's got to put it together. Um, but he played well during the learning. He's also a guy that athletically and and um, that kind of stuff. If they end up with a pinch at middle linebacker, I could see Mafe getting some snaps at Mike. Um, and that would be weird to see at first, but I I, I do think he could do the job. And I wouldn't mind seeing hmm. him get an opportunity to try that. A year ago, I thought the same thing about um, Nuasu. And then all Nuasu did was come in and make himself so valuable as an outside linebacker that it didn't matter that they had problems at um, middle linebacker. And they, you weren't going to move him out of out of uh, that job because he was just too damn good at it. Um, but Mafia's kind of positioned to be in that spot where he... Um, Mostly he's going to do outside linebacker things, but in a pinch, if somebody gets hurt and you just need a guy, you can move him inside and trust him to, um, you know, do some really good things in there. Yeah. I like the group. I like that, that, that three, but that doesn't even mention our second round pick in this year's draft. And what is essentially another draft pick that hasn't even seen the field yet. Um, Mm -hmm. These, these next two players, also have an opportunity to have an impact on the rotation i don't even know how they're going to 
generate snaps for all these guys. Um, and I'm talking about Derek Hall, the, the number 37 overall pick in this year's draft. I mean, best case scenario, this guy beats out uh, Daryl Taylor or Mafe for some playing time. And he ends up, you know, ends the season as our uh, second starter opposite Nuasu and just really uh, puts a situation out there where we don't even have to re-sign Daryl Taylor in the offseason. He moves on in free agency. We've got a built-in roster uh, spot taken right now, boy, by uh, Derek Hall. And, um, and, and the roster's, you know, the better for it. Uh, worst case scenario, this guy just needs more, a little bit more time to develop, uh, build some strength. Um, situational pass rusher this year, but he's got an opportunity to really come in uh, right away uh, if if he's ready. Yeah. Um, one of the adages in the NFL is you can never have too many pass rushers. Um, so I'm having him there as potentially a fourth uh, is crazy. But you're right; he was a second round pick. This is a guy they they passed up. Um, and they had a first round grade on. Yeah, they had. They he was he was the they only had twenty players with first round grade. And he was one of them. Um, and they got him got him in the second round. Love they loved the pick. They were super excited that he fell to them. Um, they think he he can be a star. Um, and now you've got two positions with four guys. Yeah, that's like you got to get. How do you get the snaps to, to all of them? Um, uh, this is why I'm starting to feel better about this defense because our depth really stepped forward this year. Yeah, but not up the middle, but we'll get to that. Uh, and, and, and these guys show. are unproven. I mean, Mafe and Hall are, are unproven guys. Let's just yeah. be honest. They are, but there's a lot the potential so is huge. much potential there. Yeah. Um, but at some point you have to figure out how are you going to get these guys on the field? Because if, um, if Derek Hall is one of your top 11 uh, defensive players overall, but he's fourth on the outside linebacker depth chart, right? You should, you want to, you want to try and play your best. The good 11. news is the good so, news is Hall's under contract for the next four years. That's, yeah. that's the answer to that is like, you know, sometimes guys just need to wait <clears throat> um, and be mm -hmm. ready, you know, and, and if his opportunity comes during the season, he's going to be ready and, and takes that. Um, it's also the I, NFL ever no team goes through an NFL season without, you know, injuries playing a significant role. That's why depth is so important in the NFL and why if there are injuries to this pass rusher group, they're going to be okay. They've got just a lot of talent here. Yeah. And I think Daryl Hall in his first season, if he gets 25% uh, of the snaps, let's just see on, on, a, on a rotation, he has an opportunity to get five, six sacks in his rookie mm -hmm. season, you know, he's a good run defender, solid run defender, one of the most powerful defensive ends in the draft class uh, as, a, as, a, as an edge rusher. Um, he's just, when you go look at him play, he's just got some, some really nice hands, some strength. He's got a, a solid base for him, um, sideline to sideline ability on the agility. And, um, I, you know, the only issue that I have with Derek Hall is that he's just not quite ready, doesn't have the NFL repertoire of, of pass rush moves. He's got that bull rush, but maybe nothing else develops in this first season. <clears throat> he's got guys ahead of him in Boye Mafia that are ready to step forward, and he just doesn't get a chance to, to see mm -hmm. the field. But best-case scenario, he, he beats out some guys, and he, he earns playing time. That is possible with this guy. 
the yeah, other guy. If you can, if if he can come in and just be like, you can't keep me off the field, you know, with his performance in camp and at practice and everything, um, then he he then he's going to play, and someone else will lose playing time for that. Yeah, that just is what it is. Yeah, that's a good that's the best case scenario for Seattle. Okay, mm-hmm. the the one guy I'm kind of really excited to talk about is Tariq Smith. When mm-hmm. unprompted, um, Clint Hurt asked uh was asked uh who's who's the best uh player that's showing up in otas he didn't hesitate and he said Tariq smith um he said this guy's been working hard the entire offseason he's faster he's stronger uh than he was last year <clears throat> if 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 people don't remember we drafted him i think in the fifth round keith out of ohio state as a situational edge uh pass rusher <clears throat> that probably needed a little bit of time to develop but had the skill set we- there in my head, I was thinking he was a seventh round pick. I think it was, I think it was fifth. Yeah, um, and he just just came in injured, nicked up, and then just really never made it out of camp. I think he had one or two practices, really, and they shut him yeah. down, <clears throat> put him on IR, spent the entire offseason on there, and comes in kind of as an unknown quantity. <clears throat> the team obviously has known him. He's been in the building the entire offseason, working hard impressing coaches with his work ethic, all that kind of stuff, comes out in OTAs and immediately has an impact as far as being a guy that's just showing up, flashing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the team, specifically Hurt, is really excited to see what this kid has. And you add him to the pile, and now you've got five guys at that position group that could potentially be mm-hmm. worthy of, of, of rotation spots, uh, snaps, and... Um, I'm really excited to see what he's got as well. You know, if you go look at his draft profile, all that kind of stuff, he's got everything that, that you want out of the position that Daryl Hall had or Boye Mafe had really coming into the, into the draft process. And so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that, um, and you were right. Fifth round pick, pick number one, uh, 58. Good memory. Um, but yeah, so he's a, he, this guy's got a lot of talent. I mean, a lot of talent um, through the offseason program and everything last year. The coaches were really excited about him. Um, I, I remember um, them talking to him and saying, like, this kid's going to surprise you. He's going to come in. He's going to going to surprise you. He's he's a he's a beast and and, and he's going to make it hard to keep him off the field. But then he got hurt and he got hurt after like, you know, like his third practice. Yeah. And you didn't and even that, think about him. And that was the end of it. Um, but he has used his time. You know, he had the all all last season, you know, where he was doing his recovery and then his off season. He's bulked up, he's in shape. But when I say bulked up, it's not like he not like a defensive lineman where he's, you know, um getting up to the to the table and, and eating food. No, this guy's bulked up muscle and yeah. um really looks good. Uh, I'm excited to see him come in and, and do some things. Remember when I earlier I said this is the best, the the best like uh, group in terms of depth on the defense. Um, this is why, because yeah, he's an unproven guy we've never seen, but we're also talking about the fifth player where two play on the field at a time. Yeah. Um, but he's super explosive and has a chance to be very very good. Um, and in a, a full off season with the team, I mean, can you imagine going into the draft process thinking you're going to go to a team, have an opportunity, you're going to make the roster, you're going to have an opportunity to play special teams, learn the position, work yourself in, 
shut down immediately getting into the mm-hmm. NFL and spending your entire season not playing, standing on the sidelines, and then working as hard as you can to, to make sure that you're ready to go, he must just be a complete pent-up Tasmanian devil, like mm-hmm. ready to just spin and move and go, and apparently that's what happened. Yeah, and on the other, the the, the additional part of that is he also watched the team spend a second round pick and draft a guy who's now higher on the depth chart than him. Ouch. So, but when you, you look at the, the draft class and all of those things, he didn't play a snap. He's a, this is essentially another rookie. This is, you think of exactly. it as another draft, another draft pick that um, you made because he's coming in. He did added nothing to the roster last year because he was hurt the whole time. Now he has a chance to be an addition to your team uh, as if he was a draft pick and a rookie. Um, that's a lot to look at and be excited about. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about disappointment. Well, I, I saved the best for last. Not really. No, uh, you saved Al- the worst for last. <laughs> Alton Robinson. So uh, I have some quotes from Pete Carroll on Alton Robinson. Fifth round pick in 2020. Suffered a knee injury in 2022 preseason finale. Had surgery. Missed the regular season. Hasn't appeared in any of the offseason practices nor was he part of a off-season workout situation uh, in, the, in the facility. And um, Carol said, quote-unquote, he's a little bit of an unknown. I don't know a lot about that right now uh, as, a, as uh, where, where Alton Robinson's at with his recovery and, and just where he's at with his practice stuff. It has been a long, hard road for him. I know that. I don't really have much else on that. That's about the worst possible uh, set of quotes that you can get out of Pete Carroll on any player, which is, I don't know where he's at. I don't know where his head's at. I don't know where he's at. I don't know where his recovery's at, et cetera. He might as well just not even be on the roster. I mean, that's essentially what Pete Carroll said. Mm -hmm. That's very disappointing when it comes to Alton Robinson. As you know, fifth round pick in 2020, man, did he flash like in, in training camp? It was like, Whoa, where's this kid coming from? He, he flashed Daryl Taylor. Uh, if you remember, they, they had, they were in the same draft. Uh, Daryl Taylor t- was hurt. And yeah, Alton t- Robinson Taylor had came that in, foot injury like, and that surgery. And, and yeah, so he right. was not, a, t- Taylor was drafted and it was, they expected him to play, but at the same time, we knew he had that injury coming in. He ended up having um, to have another surgery. Um, and he was going to be out for the year. And Robinson who was the fifth round pick instead of the second round pick um, had four sacks, five tackles for loss, like looked really good as a rookie and was poised to be a major contributor. Um, that just kind of hasn't happened. Uh, and in part, cause he was hurt and missed last year, but the fact that he's not even in the building, he's not showing up. He's not, he may be putting in the work, with his, you know, his own team of guys and whatever, but he's not in the building. He's not using, taking advantage of all the facilities and the trainers and, and stuff for his rehab. Yeah. That uh, works to, for a seasoned vet. Yeah. Well, and, and for a team, for, for a guy who's trying to fight for a spot on the roster and, um, and, you know, as, as young as he is for the team to not even know where he is in his recovery means that not only is he not there, but he's not even communicating with them. That is such a bad look. That's such a a, a red flag. Like, totally. um, like I, 
he's a guy that that despite all that talent um might yeah i might, might make wash. The yeah i might wash wash yeah, out especially draws- with the talent in front of him keith i don't even know if he is he doesn't have a roster spot guaranteed there's no question oh, he, about that right now he doesn't have a roster spot he's fighting for one he's yes. fighting to be the 53rd man on the roster and he's clearly not fighting that hard if he's not going to show up remember so he was a fifth round pick not because of talent he was a second round talent it was all off-field stuff that made him drop teams were very leery of drafting alton robinson um even seattle waited till round five before they they drafted him and he had talent of like a second round pick him and him and daler daryl taylor when you look at athletically and measurables and then some of their college production you can make a case alton robinson was the better prospect um but he was a fifth round pick because of off-field stuff and then now you add in you add in this issue where he's not even the team doesn't even know where he's at in his recovery um that just screams that he hasn't moved past the off-field stuff that caused him to drop in the draft well and when it really makes me worry when pete said it's a he's had a long hard road I don't know that that necessarily points to um, injury recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, I, to me, that seems like it's it's a mental thing to me. But I'm reading into that a little bit. Maybe I could be I could be wrong for sure. Um, okay, so then there's Joshua Anu Giagu, uh, 6'2", 252 pounds, came out of the practice squad last year, got into a, a game, one appearance last season, had was in on three tackles. That's really all the the information that we kind of know about him firsthand. Um, he, he had a nice training camp is, is why he kind of stuck around the practice squad. He registered a sack and had four quarterback pressures. Uh, when we played the Cowboys last season in the uh, exhibition finale, didn't do enough to make the roster, but he stuck around on the practice squad and then uh, had that one appearance and now he's back. So the team saw enough where they felt they could, they could develop him and kind of want to see where he's at in this training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, two other, yeah, there's two other guys. Um, uh, Cam Bright out of Washington is a guy that. Uh, yeah, I put him in a know, different category, but yes. You put him in the middle linebacker category? I, I did. After reading into him and looking at him, I think that the team is trying him out at middle linebacker. Okay. I mean, you look at, at, at his profile and everything. Um, he's, uh, on the Bruce Feldman freak list, um, and is athletically, you know, very, a very interesting guy with a lot of potential. I think he's a little undersized. Um, and that's, and that's why I think they, they look at him at middle. Yeah. Just period. Um, if he's going to play, it's probably going to be at the middle linebacker. He's kind of a, a Ben Burke guy. If he makes the roster, it's because going to be because of his athleticism and his ability to be on special. That's teams. an interesting um, and um i mean he he really i think the the kid wants to play will um i think he's a fourth he could be a four three will but in this system he's the middle to me yeah be, just from that undersized uh yeah look and i was just i like i said i i mentioned him because of some of the stuff that he he did um you know in college he had um you know some quarterback pressures and hurries and and is able to get upfield and he has some of that that skill but in the nfl you're right he's probably a middle linebacker um 
and the same will go with uh, Patrick O'Connell, who's the other um, undrafted Agreed. rookie free agent. Um, very similar. Um, very similar. Now, 35 and a half tackles for loss, including 22 sacks over the last two seasons. So he, this is a guy that was asked to get upfield and, and, and pass rush. I mean, that was his, that was one of the things that, that he was his strength, but he did it as a middle linebacker. They just blitzed him a lot. Um, and that's where that came from. So in his final season. Yes. Yes. So if you put him in the middle. If you're looking um, at him and you're like, well, look at all this production. Yeah, true. But I, he did it as a middle linebacker. So even though um, it, it, on paper, he looks like maybe he'll factor in this. He's only 221 pounds. He's an undersized yeah, linebacker. Right. Who's um, that kid we drafted? We end up trading um, to Houston. Um, that is a under, great. Un, that undersized. Is a, yeah, that is a great question. And I've thought about that a couple of times as I'm prepping for this. And I keep forgetting to go look, but yeah, yeah. guy who was um, undersized, about 220 pounds. They used him at defensive end, which was crazy. Right. Um, back because when they they were playing in the three four, then but he they, he was strictly a third down and long guy. He's and, still but, hanging around was, in the NFL. I think he went back to Houston this offseason and has yeah. a, a 11, 11 career sacks. Um, yeah. So Patrick O'Con- O'Connell, six two, two thirty. 32 inch arms. They like that. Three, six, five, 40. It's not special, but it's not bad. Uh, coming off the edge, one, six, three split, a 38.5 vertical. He also had a um, 6.97 time in the three cone. Both of those were, uh, well, the 38.5 uh, was tied for first if he went to the NFL combine. And then the 6.97 three cone would have been uh, good for second in combine results as far as his agility and, and that's, that's um, explosiveness. That's- that's cornerback level agility. Yeah. He had a four two eight um, uh, short shuttle as well, second among all linebackers. Yeah. He's he's quick. Um he's athletic and it's gonna give him a chance to to um stick on this roster because yeah. as deep as deep as this outside linebacker spot is that we're um we've been talking about, um, the middle is not that. And so that's the problem. That's why also why I think that um O'Connell, even though on paper he does kind of look like an outside linebacker. Um, he exactly. factors into the middle linebacker. Exactly. Uh, I agree. So we'll talk about him again then. I agree. He's a will linebacker. You know, he wants to play well. I saw an interview with him uh, on online and indicated that Kansas City Chiefs were also looking at him strongly uh, in the draft process and indicated to him that they saw him as a will. Uh, he sees himself there as well, but Seattle's a 3-4 defense or excuse me, yes, as 3-4 defense. And so for us, it's a little bit more of a question mark. Uh, he's too small to play on the edge at 230. Um, mm-hmm. But he could develop, I think, in, in the middle for this defense, um, depending on, you know, he adds, adds a couple couple more pounds, and, and he's got that agility, sideline to sideline, all that kind of stuff. He's going to have to carve his mark as, in special teams, as do all peripheral, fringy uh, roster guys. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, interesting that he had another team that was interested that saw him as a will and he wants to be a will, but as an un- and as an undrafted free agent, he could have signed with that team and he right? didn't. He chose to sign with Seattle. That does yes, you that is that true. Way. That's I thought about the exact thing when I was writing this up. Um, which means there there's got to be a reason for that. Like, why would he sign with a team that wants to see him as a middle linebacker if he wants to be um, a weak side linebacker and um yeah 
it, it's intriguing. It's, it's it's a question that hasn't been asked yet. So we'll we'll wait and um, find that out at some point if he if he makes the roster. And I think that's why we included both these guys in this conversation today, because they 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 were that in college, but in the NFL, I I I think we both sense that they're changing, and but that hasn't really been announced yet. The way that uh, Seahawks.com does their roster is they lump all these guys together. They're all linebackers. Okay. You, you figure it out. Um, well, we're trying to figure it out and there's just not a lot of access to information as far as how the team views them currently. I'm sure we'll figure that out, you know, by, by training. Camp. Um, the, and, and there's we'll also another, there. there's also another, um, reference point that you and I have. Um, we had this exact same conversation last year about Vi Jones, who, on paper and in college was an outside linebacker and a guy that, that rushed the passer, but he came into training camp and was a middle linebacker from day one. And that's how they viewed him. And he, I, I'm still a little surprised he didn't make the roster and ended up on the practice squad um, last year, but it's what happened. But yeah, I mean, these, those two guys look a lot like how Vi Jones looked last year. Interesting. Yeah. I think that, you know, that, what happened was I think Joey Blount made the roster over by Jones, essentially. They kept an mm-hmm. extra safety. They they sent home an extra linebacker. Um, it'll be really interesting this year how this all washes out. But, you know, I at the top, just getting back to where what we have, um, you look at Uchenna Nawasu and Taylor and Mafe and then Hall. That foursome. And then you add Tyreek Smith Smith in there, a guy that they really like. He's popping in, in training camps or in OTAs so far. That, that group of five is something to be excited about. If you're Seahawks fans, now there's a lot of unproven guys there. The top two are great. Then you've got three guys that, that really don't have a lot of time in the NFL. Derek Hall and Tariq Smith, nothing. Boy, Mafe, a limited amount of time. I think he played a total of 25% of all the snaps last year. Um, but it, it, there's so much potential there. Guys that can really affect um, plays and affect rotations, especially Daryl Hall, Derek Hall. There's so much unknown there. <clears throat> Tariq Smith, too. There's so much mm-hmm. unknown about these players. But, man, if they show and, and if they are what, as advertised, this defense takes a step forward. I, I really believe that. I, they've got to figure out that nose tackle thing. But, man, this thing is, is looking good. You have major reservations on the, on the next group we're going to talk about in our next show, Middle Linebacker. I get that. But if we can somehow dial that in, it turns out better than we think. Maybe Brooks um, is ready to go week one. This team starts to really look decent on, on defense. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll see. Um, go back. I, I, have, I have reservations. It's, it's June. You got to give me my opt- optimism, Keith. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like I said, I have reservations about up the middle, but on the edges, this defense, I think, is really good. Um, you know, our last show, which was the, the defensive ends, um, we talk, talked so much about both the upgrade in both quality and depth. Um, and then this one in, at, at the outside linebacker, the, the, the edge, the pass rushers, um, quality and depth. Most years on most teams, a guy like High Hall comes in expected to be a full-time player with his draft position and everything. Absolutely. And now we're, yeah. and, and he comes in into Seattle fourth on the depth chart, not second. Um, and that is that's what you're talking about. And th- that's the kind of uh, quality and depth that they've got at this spot, which is 
hard to think about. Like, it's just weird that a team would be as weak as they are at nose tackle and, and middle linebacker and as strong as they are here at, at pass rusher. Yeah. Um, but it, there it could shows be, we, you, as I say, it shows you what the team values. You had mentioned, and I'll finish with this. <clears throat> you had mentioned the idea in, in a previous show about the potential of one of the groups that we need to talk about here in a couple of weeks or a week or so uh, at cornerback is having so many good quality starting level corners on this roster that there could be an opportunity for one of those guys to get shipped off uh, for either a future draft pick or a player in return, i.e. maybe a defensive tackle. And you could say the same thing about this group, really. I think we have just enough uh, defensive ends, previous show, uh, to kind of make it through a season. But on this group, you have potentially one extra guy that, that is potentially not going to make the roster. In either Tyreek Smith or Alton, Alton Robinson, obviously, um, is is on the bubble. And if if Tyreek Smith turns out in training camp and and a young guy, um, mm-hmm. you could potentially flip flip that thing for in, uh, for some, some draft capital or a player. Well, yeah, and especially if because um, Smith and and Hall are, are the unknowns. But if they play well in camp and the team is really confident in them, um, you're going to get even, in fact, more... move out move out uh, off of Daryl Taylor. I mean, it's, it's yeah, hard. that's what I mean. It, you're you're more likely to to draft or to trade the the more known quality quantity simply because teams will give you more for him. And a guy coming off a year when he had nine and a half sacks um, is going to have tremendous value, and is something maybe you can get a really good young nose tackle um or uh a you know really good young middle linebacker that you can stick next to bobby wagner um until jordan brooks get back you know what i mean like you can you can trades can happen and on defense especially it's a lot easier too for a guy to come in and, and integrate themselves into a defense uh quickly um and when you've got this kind of depth you can use it yeah Interesting. All right. Let's get out of here. Fun show. I love talking about the front seven, um, which, which is exciting. We've got middle linebackers to go on that, and then we'll finish out with safeties and corners. So, uh, it, and it, specialists. And yeah, we're going to do a specialist show this year, which I'm going to make you, unusual I'm going to make you talk about long snappers. Yeah. Um, and you're going to, got to devote at least 10 minutes to that. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, we um, just lost. Clear- 30, 30 viewers right now. No, um, we won't. But I am. But in the thirty seconds that we talk about uh, long snappers, you will be glaring at me um, the entire time, and uh, I'm here for that. So, uh. in addition to talking about the the trio of uh, special team specialists, we'll talk about special teams as well, uh, as far yeah. as gunners and other key contributors, um, kick returners, and, punt returners. Yeah, that's, it is, that's a bigger it is, one. Yeah, it is one of those uh, groups on the team that gets overlooked. But, you know, when you go look at Pete Carroll and his pillars, you know, you've got offense, defense, special teams, they all, all got to work together in, in conjunction to have a great team. And it's just yep. as important. So, okay. And you know, the team, you know, the team values it because they keep paying Nick Ballor. Bingo. Yeah, they do. An amazing amount of money, actually. Like for like three or $4 million, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's not a small sum. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Find it on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, share, leave a review, all that good stuff. That would be awesome. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.